Do you love the idea of personal growth, but find the practice of it exhausting? We get it. We're Brandon and Megan Giggling, growth coaches with the mission to put the personal back in personal growth. If you want a new way of growing into the next version of you without the frustration, guilt, and overwhelm, you're in the right place. It's time to rethink your growth journey and make it into something that works for you. You in? Welcome to Growth Reframed. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Growth Reframed. So happy you're here. Today, we are going to talk about the importance of loving yourself. Ooh, self-love. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there. So it's interesting as we were talking about this idea, it's kind of been coming up for me lately. And when things come up a lot and they're kind of on my heart, then I know it's important to share because I, I want to basically share as much as if it has an effect on me, I, I guarantee it has an effect on a lot of you. But it's this whole idea of loving yourself, being proud of yourself, being there for you. And I know we focus so much on other people and the other people in our lives, the other people we love, making sure that we're communicating with them, that we do love them. But when you have to do it for yourself, it feels a little strange. It feels a little awkward and it feels like you shouldn't be doing it almost. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) to lead it off, I just want to ask you a question. Like how many times in a given day, and, and there's not a wrong answer here, but how many times in a given day do you think I tell you that I love you? Mm, I mean, it depends on the day, but probably like four to seven-ish maybe. I, I don't know. It feels like a lot. Maybe on a weekday, it's a little less. And then on a weekend, it's more towards that higher end of that. I'm going to tell you right now, not enough because you're pretty amazing. And <laughs> I do you. love you. Love you But too. it's interesting when I was thinking about it because I'm like, I think around that range that I tell you I love you on a given day, I tell our kids that. I, you know, If I talk to family, I'll tell them that on the phone. I was just talking to uh, your sister and her fiance on the phone and I told them I love them at the end of the call. But how often do I do that for myself? And it's about zero. <laughs> like before I was conscious of it. And it's not that I'm like hating on myself or I, I don't feel good about where I'm at. I think the issue for me and hopefully for you or or maybe not, but I would love your take on it. It feels almost like an ego filled or pride thing if we're lifting ourselves up too much. So it's almost like I can't really go around telling everyone, yeah, I really love myself. I'm into myself Mm -hmm. because then somehow I'm very prideful and ego filled, but there's way more to it than that. Oh, definitely. And I I agree. If you walked around like, oh, man, I, I really do love myself. I, I'm pretty great. Then people would be like, oh, wow, egomaniac. But I was actually reading something a few days ago that was talking about how people with big egos, people that are narcissists, all these things, like they're actually the opposite of loving themselves. They're hating themselves, which is why they come off the way they come off. So although we tend to think, well, well that person has a big ego, geez, when if if someone were to say something like that, I think actually they're just more compensating so than actually loving themselves. But yeah, it's it's a it's a great topic today because I I feel like generally I love myself. I would say that when I was younger it was harder to love myself. I think that as I came in, like into my older 20s and certainly into my 30s, loving myself and accepting myself for who I am became easier. Helping that was 
letting go of the noise of the world, I think, as I let go of other people's opinions of me, then I became more aware of who I really am and who I want to be and loved that version of me as I am. So I think that some of that just comes with maturity and age and being able to block out some of the opinions of other people. Well, it's fascinating you say that too, because when you think about it, so many of us search for other people to validate us and to tell us that we're loved. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, whether it's a partner or a family, whatever your family dynamic was, we're looking for other people to lift us up. We're looking for other people to tell us how great we are. We're looking for other people to say, you're worthy of love. And don't get me wrong, it feels great for you to tell me you love me. It feels great when our kids do that and when family and friends tell me that. I think where it gets missed, though, is we're completely, almost completely, reliant on other people to tell us Mm -hmm. that we're loved, that we have value, that we have worth. And so when you think about that, if we're trying to constantly get it from other people and they're unconscious of the fact that we need this, we're going to be in a place where, you know, that self-love could be in doubt because we're not, if that person's not giving us validation, then we feel empty. Like we can't possibly produce it ourselves. And my argument would be you can and should be producing it yourself, feeling that way about yourself, talking to yourself in that way. And I don't think it's such a bad thing as we, we tend to make it out in our minds. No, I mean, and honestly, if you're relying on other people, then you have no self-love because this whole thing is self-love. So if the only reason that you love yourself is because other piece of, other people have told you that you're worthy of it, then you actually don't have any love for yourself because you are only relying on what other people think about it to give you that value. So I want you to tell me the lyrics to that song that we've been listening to. Brandon and I have been listening to one of our favorite artists, Andy Grammer. He put out some new music and I just want him to go over the lyrics because it's so fascinating and so true. Yeah, first of all, this isn't a sales pitch for Andy Grammer. We do love love you, Andy, though. (laughs) His music's happy. It's honestly lined with a lot of really powerful growth messages, if you want the honest truth. I mean, I think he gets the idea of loving yourself, of feeling good about yourself, but he actually has a song, which, like I said, this stuff just comes up. I say put on new music by Andy Grammer. This song comes up when we're already talking about this topic, which... Funny enough, it's called Love Myself. (laughs) So I'm going to read you a piece of the lyrics here. And I invite you, honestly, to go listen to it because I, I think there's a lot of positive value in it. It's, I want to love myself without needing someone else to say it, to say it to me. I want to love myself without needing someone's help to show it, to show it to me. Because I can be mean in my mind, beat myself up all the time with awful thoughts, and I can eat myself alive. I'm going to try I'm going to have an awkward talk, but I love you. I don't say it enough. I love who you are, who you've become. Don't know why I can't hear it unless it comes from someone else, but I'm going to find a way to feel it when I say it to myself. I feel like you're getting a little emotional over there. I am because when I heard this song, I was already thinking it and I was like, just singing it. And that can happen with songs a lot of times too. Like you're, you're, you're listening to it and you're like, oh, that's a really good song. And then you hear the substance of what the artist is trying to say. And when I was listening to it and when I was singing it, I was like, why is that so freaking hard? Why is it so awkward 
for me to say it. And it led me and you to a conversation where you were like, well, is that like, how do you feel about that? And, and for me, it's not that I don't love myself. It's really that I don't think about the fact that I should be praising myself. I should be feeling good about myself. I should be patting myself on the back. And like I said, the, the pattern that I follow is I look for other people for to validate how I'm feeling and to help me feel that way about myself. And I think if I affect people enough, then they'll tell me, you know, that I'm I'm doing a great job or I am loved or whatever. And it's like so awkward for me to say, I love you to myself. Now I'm gonna tell you right now, over the last week. Because I knew this about myself, and I've never done this before, I've spent some time in the mirror. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, if you haven't spent any time in the mirror, it's an awkward situation, okay? <laughs> I'm not talking about looking at yourself to brush your teeth or fix up your hair. I'm talking about actually look yourself in the eyes, make eye contact with yourself in the mirror. I know it sounds vain, and that's probably what might be going through your head because that's what I thought. It can be really hard to look at yourself in the mirror. And I feel like a person that really loves myself. I don't feel like I have an issue. I mean, I don't tell myself enough, but I wouldn't say before this that I struggled with this. But when I'm looking at myself in the mirror, it's just, it's an awkward thing. And when I did this, I'll tell you about it in a second. I, I, I got emotional when I did it because it was weird. It was just weird to me and clearly I needed it. So since I've done this, I continue to do this every day. At some point in the day, usually it's in the morning, it doesn't have to be, I stand in the mirror and I say, I'm going to get emotional saying it, and I say, I love you, man. You're doing a great job. You're, you're, you're going through a lot of difficult things and you're, you're doing it. You, you have the power to do it. You're worthy of it and you're amazing. And usually I end it with like, don't ever forget it. Now. I'm getting emotionally even talking about it, but it's really an awkward thing when you first do it. But now that I've been doing it a week, it's not that awkward. And a lot of times what I've done because of that is when I catch myself in the mirror or a reflection and other times, I don't say it verbally, but it comes into my head. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, I love you. You're doing great. And I don't know why it's like I'm constantly reminded in my brain to tell you, to tell our kids, to make sure everyone around me knows that I love them and that they're loved. But... I was never conscious of the fact that I didn't do that with myself. Right. I guess I've never really thought about it until you're saying this, that there should be some sort of proactive nature to self-love. Like we shouldn't just feel it when we're thinking about it. Like if you're listening to this podcast right now, but we should do things to help ourselves love ourselves or to make sure that we know it, to make sure that we say it. And I know that I don't do that. I mean, I feel generally pretty good about myself, but I don't look in the mirror every day and say, Hey, Meg, love you. You're doing great. And I wouldn't think that even though I have no problem telling the people around me, hey, I love you. I think you're, I think you're doing great. Like I would say that to pretty much anyone I interact with and it wouldn't occur to me to say it to myself. So I love that you're doing that. I love that it's become easier for you to do that. I think that's amazing. And I think that that's definitely one way that all of us should maybe try to be a little bit more proactive and loving ourselves. Right. And, and let's get by the negative self-talk when we're talking about it. Because I heard an analogy recently that the negative self-talk, I think that is one of the ways, by the way, that's why I'm talking about it, that prevents 
you from saying like you love yourself. Because I don't know about y'all, but my negative voice is a real piece of work. And he'll say a lot of really terrible things that are constantly going through my head. And I, and I struggle with it. And there's strategies that I use to reframe, redirect, and try to you know re, rethink about the real truth behind these statements. And the analogy I heard is it, your negative inner voice is like a radio that's on full volume. So imagine you're in the car. You cannot stop a car. You have to keep going. The radio is at full volume, and it's at on the most annoying song you can possibly think of. And it's stuck. You can't turn and it down. And it's stuck. You can't turn it down. You can't turn it off. You can't get out of the car. Just for the record, I thought of Baby Shark when I thought of this because that is like the most annoying song ever. If anyone wanted to break me, they just play that on repeat. But what eventually happens when you're doing that? Like you can't get away from it. It's always there. It's constant. Eventually, what do you do? You just get used to the fact that it's there. You ignore it and you move on with your life. And that's the analogy perfect, perfectly for your inner voice. It's always there. Most of the time, it's really annoying. And you have to learn to hear it as a voice, but not give it validity in your life. And instead, what you could do is speak a lot of positive energy and celebrate yourself a little bit more. And I use that now as a reminder when the negative voice comes, I turn it on its head and I replace the negativity with love, self-love for myself. I remind myself that, yeah, that might be happening and yeah, that might be there and yeah, there might be some fear there, but I'm capable of doing something else which is a very positive strategy. And I don't think we celebrate ourselves enough. And I'd love you, if you're comfortable, to tell the story about what you did recently and just the conversation we had around it. Yeah, so I guess, was it a week ago today? No, a week ago yesterday. I finally bit the bullet. So for the past couple of years, I have been interested in doing a boudoir shot photo shoot. If you don't know what that is, it's when you put on lingerie, you have your pictures professionally taken. They're, oh, mama. <laughs> they're sexy. They're amazing. When you look at other people's, you know, it's it's fun to look at other people's. It's not your body on display. That part's fun. Well, for a few years, I've been thinking I should probably do this. It sounds like something I would think of as a growth experience. I know Brandon would love it. And I've always just kind of been like, okay, but maybe not yet. Maybe like I need to get my body more in shape. Maybe I'll just do it later. Maybe it's not the right time. Whatever the excuse is, I could always find one or two. And then last week, I finally did it. And the experience was amazing, by the way. It was so much fun. It was so great. It was awkward at first, but the awkwardness went right away because if you have a good photographer, they're going to put you at ease pretty much immediately. And this girl definitely did. The whole place did. The hair and makeup girl, the editing girl, all the people were just amazing. So... When we got the pictures back, because the proofs came very quickly, I uh, I was impressed. It was almost like it wasn't looking at me. And I didn't expect to feel like I thought I looked hot or I thought I looked good. But I thought I looked hot. I thought I looked good. And so a couple days went by after we had seen the pictures for the first time after Brandon had seen them with me. And I was like, hey... I know this is probably vain, but can we like look at those pictures again? I just want to just want to see them again. And I just felt weird asking him like I felt weird looking at my own picture because it was kind of like 
just strange that I would want to. And I don't know. I mean, I don't like struggle to look at a picture of myself smiling with my kids, but these felt different. And so I felt a little bit odd talking to him like, hey, can we look at them? And is it weird? And if I did it by myself, is that weird? Like, I don't know the rules of this. And he's like, no, I mean, it's great that you feel comfortable. It's great that you love these. It's not weird that you want to see them again. You felt good about yourself and you should feel good about yourself. And it was just cool because for whatever reason, I felt almost like a weirdo for wanting to look at them. And Brandon celebrated me and said, no, you should never feel ashamed. You should never feel like it's vain or egotistical to be looking at these. Like you do, you look great. And no matter what you look like, you felt alive and you felt good about yourself. So whatever the pictures may or may not show to anybody else but you doesn't matter. What matters is what you see. And if you feel good about it, then that's that's the important part. And that really was what the whole thing was about. And it was scary to do it. And I was I sat in my car like 10 minutes before I even went into the photo studio because I was just afraid. And coming out of the other side, I think that was a really cool experience. I'm super proud of myself for doing it. And the result was amazing too. So there you go. There's my story. And you'd, and you'd do it again. And yeah, heck yeah, I'd do it again. Right. But the reason you celebrate such a thing is because you just said, I took years of time where I wanted to do it. The reality is there was a huge amount of fear there because you didn't think your body looked good. You were probably nervous to go in front of someone else who does it, which by the way, they do it all the time. It's not like it's some weird thing. Right. And you put it off for so long because you were basically afraid of how the whole situation would turn out. But on the other side of that, it turned out amazing. It gave you a huge amount of confidence. It gave you a a great feeling of love and respect for your body, for right. your own personal body. Right. And by the how way, how many of us can do that? How many how many people can look in the mirror and not look at the faults? Because that's the thing. They captured your body with all the imperfections or not. But right. for you, the picture looked great. Which you know what that means? That you have a great amount of love and respect for your own body. Right. Thanks for saying that because I was just going to say, now it's not that there's not imperfections in these pictures. I mean, anyone that looked at them could say, well, I can see I can see some stuff going on on that body of yours, Meg. And, that, and I would agree. It's not that my body looks perfect, but you know what? It's my body and that's how it really looks. Like it is my body. I do have to accept it and love it because it's the body I've been given by my creator. And could I run a little bit more or eat a little bit healthier? Yeah, I could. But right now, this is my reality. This is my body. This is who I am. And my body and everything else about me deserves that love. And that's imperfections, faults, and all. And so does yours. So does everybody's. It's not just me. It's all of us. We all deserve to have those kind of feelings about our own selves and not just our bodies and how we look, but also about who we are inside. I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible. And you're 100% right. You should never look at yourself and feel ashamed. You should never look at yourself in any way and feel like you're not loved. Like you need to find that love for yourself. Like I think we get lost in the fact that we're in the comparison game and we're not doing what everyone else is doing or we're like whatever we decide is the reason that we aren't worthy or we aren't full of love. The fact remains we're all uniquely made. We're all uniquely made with our own gifts. 
We're not meant to look like someone else. My devotional this morning was talking about a parrot and the analogy of a parrot. And the parrot will basically say whatever you teach it. But the world doesn't need more parrots that are just repeating what everyone else is saying. They don't just need another person that's exactly like that person you're comparing yourself to. They need you. You're incredible in your own way. You're worthy in your own way. And you're worthy of love from yourself and from everyone else. But the fact is, if you don't have that in your environment around you, you can still feel that way about yourself. And I think personally, that should be the goal. Right. It's not egotistical or vain to feel good about your body, to love yourself for the gifts that you have. I mean, sure, on the complete opposite spectrum, it could become that if you become completely self-absorbed. But I think all of us know that's not what we're talking about right now. We're talking about looking in the mirror and seeing yourself truly as you are, as an amazing, incredible person who deserves that love from yourself. And if you're spending a lot of time giving that to other people and not showering yourself with the same things, that's a problem. And we want to highlight the fact that you need to make a point of looking in the mirror today and telling yourself that you are loved that you are doing an amazing job, that yeah, everything isn't going to go perfect for you. And there might be faults, just like your pictures. There were some faults, but that's not our focus. Our focus is on who we are as people underneath and that we are made in love. We are made for love and we should see that love in ourselves when we look back at our reflection. We hope you guys have a great week. We hope that you take some time to really reflect and love yourselves. And if this episode resonated with you or if you struggle with this, would you please reach out? We'd love to talk with you more about that. We love y'all. Thanks for listening to Growth Reframed. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. We would love to connect with you. So shoot us a DM on Instagram at Growth Reframed. We love y'all.